to another episode of Borican. This is a Puerto Rican podcast for Puerto Ricans and anyone interested in the issues happening on our island. This week was especially difficult for all of us because of the one-year anniversary of Hurricane Maria. I think a lot about that day a year ago, and I think about the fact that I was so disconnected from my family. I think a lot about today, too, the fact that I could call my mom and hear my abuelita's voice in the background, and and it fills me with a lot of joy to know that we've come a long way. We have so many um, wonderful Puerto Rican organizations, both on and off the island, who are really fighting for its future, really fighting to make it a future for Puerto Ricans, not for anyone else. And I think there's a lot that has been going around recently, things around whether or not Puerto Rico should be a state, um, or rather a lot of push that it should be a state. The local governor, for example, had written a letter to President Trump about this. And I think I think a lot about that argument that you would not want to marry somebody that abuses you. And in many ways, Puerto Rico has been exploited has been abused, people have been experimented on for birth control, there has there have been bombings um, on Vieques. There's a lot of history there that a lot of people don't know. And so with good intentions and sometimes bad intentions, people will say that Puerto Rico should be a state without really addressing the fact that as a colony, we're, we're, we're saying that a nation should be forced into becoming part of another nation. That is really at the heart of this argument. When you talk about Puerto Rico, please, wherever you are, call Puerto Rico a colony of the United States. And also understand the fact that any Puerto Rican you see, whether or not they are in Puerto Rico or on the mainland, they are a colonized subject. And it is really the responsibility of all of us to say to the United States that that relationship is wrong and it needs to change. And Puerto Rico as a nation should be able to negotiate for its freedom. There is a way to do that. I obviously I've been talking to a lot of Puerto Ricans and so I feel very strongly that that is the argument that should be made. There are people who are speaking on the other side of it, but ever since I interviewed Rosa Clemente too, it further further showed me that Puerto Ricans really do want to be free, but they want to be free on their own terms. They don't want other people to define who they are. And so it is really interesting to me that the local governor would say that Puerto Ricans should become Americans when in my mind, no Puerto Rican needs to be anything but Puerto Rican. We are Boricuas. We're proud of it. We're capable. We're talented. Why are we constantly trying to look for that white counterpart and try to be like them? And I think that, of course, that all ties back to the colonization of Puerto Rico, the colonized psychology, the mindset, the fact that no matter where we look, people are always trying to define us and trying to tell us that we can't, that we shouldn't, that we won't. And I think it's on us. I think it's on us to fight for Puerto Rico's future in the sense that we say we are a nation and we deserve to be free. Liberty should not be a privilege liberty is a right and so this week I'm going to share the story of Jackie Acosta she will be talking about the loss of someone in her family and I think it's important to remember 
that all of this really is a matter of the future of our people, the future of our children, because we can't wait around and say somehow this will resolve itself, somehow the United States will do the right thing. It is on all of us to speak out, it's on all of us to say Puerto Rico deserves a better future. Jackie Acosta Hernandez, gracias. Thank you so much for being here today. We are in Bushwick. You're in Bushwick. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself first? Give us some background. Yes. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank Deborah for her amazing podcast. I encourage all my followers on social media to follow this podcast, download it on your podcast app, and listen to the amazing interviews that she has uh, regarding Hurricane Maria, regarding the Puerto Rican diaspora, and ideas and ways we can help our island, Puerto Rico, because our island needs us, and we're here in the States, and um, when one or two collaborate, a thousand can collaborate, and we can make a difference for our people, Puerto Rico, because regardless of whether they're blood relatives or not, they're still our people, and that's what resonates in my heart for my people, Puerto Rico, that they are my people, whether los conozco o no los conozco, que sean prieto, que sean blanco, yo soy blanca, Débora Estrigueña, la muchacha otra, Stephanie es blanquita como yo, pero toditos somos puertorriqueños. So tell me, you you were saying you don't feel like you're an activist, but everything that you tell me, I don't know. Tell me about that. Tell me about your work here in New York. How how have you gotten connected to other uh, Puerto Ricans? Uh, I know after Hurricane Maria, especially. How did you get involved? Well, I have a friend named Jason who is from Bushwick, by the Mm. way. He lives down the block, and um, he. I saw that he was at the Puerto Rican Day Parade, and I was stirred to go to the Puerto Rican Day Parade. And so um, I sent a text to one of the other girls that I saw, a mutual friend, and I said, hey, I'm at the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Where are you guys? And she said, um, do you want to march? And I was like, que que? Como que que? Como nunca, claro, si. I want to march. And she's like, meet us at uh, 46 and 6th Avenue. We're there. So I took a walk to 46 and 6th Avenue, and, and I was stopped by the police, and they're like, um, who are you marching with? I was like, uh, we were actually marching with Tapiku, and uh, why not care the organization and NYS uh, uh, NYS something of that nature but um, so I met up with them and I was able to march with them and it was a bittersweet march because we were marching in protest mm-hmm. although many people were waving their flags and many people were uh, excited to be there uh, we were chanting um, audit the deaths you know because at that time the Harvard um, report came out where 4,645 people um, uh, uh, lost their lives because of Hurricane Maria so we uh, uh, this gentleman by the name of um, uh, I don't recall his name right now but it'll come back he made a tarp a, a tarp a blue tarp an actual blue tarp and he cut out the numbers 4645, he hashtagged it, and it said, audit the deaths, and then we chanted, audit the deaths, and we also chanted, audit the debt, the Puerto Rico debt, that debt that is literally burying our island, Puerto Rico. And from that experience, walking in the Puerto Rican Day Parade, 
I met many people that had the same passion as me. And while I call myself not an activist, but just a person that loves the Puerto Rican people, um, I met people like me and, and I immediately wanted to get connected with them. And that's how I met George. I met Lila. I met Power Malu. Jason is amazing. And then I yeah. met Deborah, <laughs> and today yeah. I met Stephanie, it's so, so hey. I feel like the diaspora, we're all connecting, and it's really, it's beautiful. It's like we're slowly getting to know each other, and and that's really, I, I think, at the heart of how we can help. If we get together, like, we're so much stronger because of that. So, I want to go back to the hurricane. I know this is a difficult subject for you, but can you tell us a little bit about what happened with your family there? Well, um, my family, um, I have family in Otuado, mm. uh, and I really, well, the good news is that I met two of my cousins and I found out they're not even in Otuado, they live in Florida, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> we have yet to meet in person, but my family in Ponce, which is my maternal family, the, the side from my mother um, in Ponce, and where my brother lived at all his life, where my grandmother is buried and my grandfather and my aunts and my uncles, because I have no more. Uh, so they, they did suffer a trauma because one of our youngest cousins, my second cousin, uh, she is my uncle's granddaughter. And her name is Jolimal Quinones. She died less than 30 days after the hurricane hit. She died on October 13, 2017. And she died because of lack of resources, regardless of how some people perceive it that she gave up or things of that nature. How can she not give up when she was in dire, in a dire situation as she was? No oxygen, which she needed oxygen. She was in no, remission from... Yes, she was in remission. She had a, a, a rare stomach cancer and I don't have the, the, the medical term of it, but it was a, a stomach cancer and when she was diagnosed, she was 13 years old. So um, she began treatment, she went into remission. She did her thing, she, she did her thing. Um, she then was diagnosed a second time, they found a tumor here and there, so she went into uh, treatment again, and she went into remission again. By then, she was a teenager, she was beautiful. You could look up her Facebook page. Um, she's a beautiful girl, and um, she was able to graduate from college and the last big celebration that she had was something called a swearing-in for the nurses at a university in Ponce, uh, not in Ponce, Puerto Rico, but just in Ponce. Uh, well, yeah, in Ponce, Puerto Rico, I'm sorry. And um, basically she was waiting for her graduating date, which was supposed to be May 2018, where she would walk down the aisle with her capping gown, get her degree as a nurse, but she was already a nurse. She was already a nurse. And um, and she was not even 22 years old. Wow. So you mentioned lack of resources. She couldn't get oxygen, or it was she was at was she at the hospital, or she was no, taken to the hospital. hospital. Which one was she at? She know? was. Um, I don't know. There's a hospital in Ponce called Doctor Pila Hospital. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she was in Doctor Pila Hospital, 
Um, and then they have Ponce General, mm -hmm. which is also another hospital, um, not that close to uh, where she lived at. She lived at in Los Pampanos, in, in, which is a, like a community area in Ponce, Puerto Rico. And um, she was in the hospital for three days, uh, the 21st, the 22nd, 23rd, or maybe 22nd, 23rd, 24th. And they released her. And they told her mother, my, my cousin Yvette, they told her mother that they are going to send a portable, battery-operated generator so that she's able to get oxygen at home. Because at home she had her oxygen machine and all that, but you can't run an oxygen machine without electricity. Right. And they had no electricity and they had no resources. Not to mention, if you've ever visited Ponce, Puerto Rico, you know that it's 110 degrees. I'm exaggerating, yeah, no, but you know what very, I mean. Yeah. It's very hot yeah. and it doesn't rain a lot. So, yeah. mm-hmm. So. So I'm sure it affected your family there a lot, and I'm sure, you know, it was tough. Did you go down there? Did you see them? Were you able, you, were you able to do that? I didn't even know what was going on with Jolimal. As a matter of fact, I was more concerned about my other cousin mm. who has breast cancer, who is in remission right now. And I was in constant communication, as much as I could, because I wasn't able to get in touch with them for weeks. But when I did, I was more concerned about her. And then all of a sudden, she calls me to tell me that Jolimal passed away. And I was like, but, 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 but how? But what happened? And she shared Jolimal's story and and I was devastated because, yeah. I mean, I met her when she was a little girl back in 2008, which was the last time I was in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And um, that's 10 years ago. And she she was the cutest thing, yeah. unbeknownst to me, that her life was going to be cut short because of a hurricane, because of lack of resources. You know, and I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people experience what you experienced, but they didn't find out until later. Yeah. And it speaks to this, you know, this... this a sort of heaviness that we in the diaspora feel like we want to be there with them we want to help and, and yet we're so far away and we can't make it for things like funerals and we can't be there when we want to be there so I think you're doing a lot of good in trying to uh, raise like your voice around this issue and like what happened to your um, to Jolie Mal um, what what have you been doing since then you know you were mentioning you were marching are you you're connecting with a lot of people here yes um, I am now more connected to her mother because she needs she needs to grieve because I don't really know how it's happening over there for her but I want to make it my business to 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 be there for her whether it be financial uh, financially which I have been helping her financially um, or otherwise just moral support because we need to to, to reach out to our loved ones in Puerto Rico because we don't know how they're going through this. And um, when I spoke to her, I remember that she told me one of our conversations, she said that the hospital asked her to sign something. And I'm like, something like what? And she says, to indicate that she didn't die due to Hurricane Maria, that she died of natural causes. And I was like, and you signed it? 
She said, I had no choice. Mm -hmm. I signed it. And I was like, that's insane. Yeah. How can you put that type of pressure right. on, on someone? This woman was grieving. And it seems like they took advantage of that mm -hmm. moment. She was very vulnerable. So with me just talking to her and letting her know, no, she is part of the, at the time we were the 46, 45. She is part of that number. And I am going to raise my voice on behalf of Jolie Mar to make sure that you get the benefits that you need because once they document and they indicate her name, my cousin will get benefits, yeah. will get funeral benefits. Right now she's gotten nothing, right. absolutely nothing. I think that's so important. That's an important point that, that the diaspora doesn't need to be there necessarily in person, but moral support Correct. financially in whatever way we can be there. That's, that's a huge help to people down there. Yes. Yes. Um, do you plan to go to Puerto Rico anytime soon? I, uh, at the moment, I don't see myself going in 2018. However, uh, Jason is planning another trip to Puerto Rico and I'd love to go with him. And also, um, there is a missions trip to Puerto Rico in May of 2019. And they, they, they do missions trip and now Puerto Rico's on the map. So they go to Puerto Rico now every May, which is great. Um, they went this past May and they built and it was beautiful. So I have a choice. Either um, I can go by myself. Yeah. But yeah. I like to go with people. Yeah. I like to take people over to my family because uh, there's something about our families in Puerto Rico and how they treat us and how sometimes I feel like a superstar. They make me feel like a superstar because they love on me and, and they want to feed me to death. <laughs> Okay, so I, I want to ask you this. I know this one is, uh, I already know how you feel about it, but can you tell people how you felt with the local government, the governor? Tell people how you felt about the way they've handled things so far. Unfortunately, for the island of Puerto Rico, uh, corruption has always followed it. And if you do research, you, you can discover that. But because we have social media and we have a lot of outlets where we can retain information at our fingertips I mean, almost instantly, uh, we find out things that are, are so disheartening and so, and I am very disappointed in the, the governor, the current governor of uh, Puerto Rico. I understand that he's been the governor for eight months, however, or nine months, because it's August, well, September, nine months. However, his father was a governor, and um, he could have learned from his father, and, and he probably did, because he's treating the people the same way his father did, in, in not a very nice way. And um, is there mismanagement? 100%. 100%. Uh, is there uh, uh, cover-ups? Yes. Because when you do your research, you will find a lot of things are going on that should not be going on. And everything goes right back to the governor of Puerto Rico. Not the mayors, not the municipalities, because guess what? The mayors of each municipality wait on the governor to issue the help wait on the governor to use the army corps of engineers to send help something stinks yeah 
So tell, you were mentioning Vieques. Can you tell people a little bit about like the, how, what kind of support they just recently received? Like yes. the if you go on Facebook and you go to David Begnaud's page, everybody loves David Begnaud. Thank you, David Begnaud, for your amazing journalism. Um, I am like ever grateful to you. I hope to meet you one day, even if I stalk you. No, I'm kidding. But yes, um, you will find that David Begnaud had recently posted. I believe it was Saturday evening. I'm not sure when, but he posted the letter that Governor Rosselló sent out in reference to Vieques. And this letter, it sounds very intelligent because there's a lot of organizations, names thrown left and right, as if they're, you know, uh, he goes back to, you know, his favorite word, his meaning the governor was logistics. The logistics, the logistics, I can't tell you how many times I heard the word logistics. But guess what? He has, he is the one in charge. He is the one in control. No matter what organization you point out to, you are the one in charge, Governor Rosselló. Everything falls on you. You're supposed to delegate and disperse. $260,000 given to Vieques, it's a drop in the bucket. They have no hospital. What are those people that are doing dialysis uh, uh, have to do? Travel three hours to the main island for dialysis. Some people go three times a week. Can you imagine the toll that takes on their body? Like, I don't understand how he sleeps at night. I really don't. And you can see that my blood boils because it's, it's, just, it's just so disheartening, so heartbreaking for my people, Puerto Rico. So what, with, with all this, you know, horrible news that we're getting, you know, and social media is like a good way to at least get that information out. I guess I want to turn it around and say, what, what gives you hope in terms of Puerto Rico and the activism? What gives you, what gives you hope for the future? I believe this generation gives me hope. They are the voice of Puerto Rico, the college students, the, the, the young entrepreneurs the ones that are laying down at the beaches, not allowing because of this referendum stuff that is going on, which is another subject, uh, that are laying down, laying their bodies down on the beaches so that a tractor trailer doesn't come and start plowing the streets to start building. I, I, I commend those and I believe that they are the future. And I hope that this government gets overturned. It yes. needs to get overturned. Even if it means uh, 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 someone else coming and stepping in, but someone that has a heart for the people, yeah. for the island, not to privatize, not to sell the island bit by bit, not to blame the people for being poor, which is unfortunately what Governor Rosselló um, did. And uh, uh, does it sound like I'm trashing him? I am because... <laughs> That, that, that's what that's what you find on social media. Um, nothing that he says is. Uh, he's a very smart man, by the way. But he's a scientist. He is not a political person. He he has his degree from MIT. Mm -hmm. MIT, your neighborhood, right? The border, yeah. And um, I I I don't understand why he's in politics. He because he I I don't understand. So what what advice do you have for the diaspora? I want the diaspora to know that you can make a difference. I don't want the diaspora to say, 
that's not my family. Mm. It doesn't affect me. My family is fine. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want the diaspora to, to think that way because the bottom line is this is our people. This is our lineage. Somewhere along the line, we're all connected mm -hmm. because we're all Puerto Rican. A little bit of African, a little bit of Spanish, and a little bit of um, Taino. That's us. Yeah. And we're all part of that unit. That unit. And um, the diaspora should take into consideration that whether it's your family member or not, help the island however you can. However you can. There's many ways to help the island. Figure out a way. Um, and, and help our island. It's our island. Thank you, Jackie. It, I want to ask you one last question. I think Jolimar was her name, right? Jolimar. Jolimar Quinones. What do you want people to remember about her? That girl had the most beautiful smile. And you can see that um, <laughs> because there's an interview with um, Telemundo and her when she was in remission and she had her hair and she was so cute. And it's on her Facebook page, you're welcome to watch it. Anybody can watch it, because it's public. And this, and it was Christmas 2014, and they talked to her about, you know, um, how, what kept her going. And she was the sweetest, sweetest thing, and she was just, my faith in God kept me going. And, you know, I will continue this fight until, until whenever he says no more. Um, and but you know oh you can see that interview it's beautiful and you can see how pretty she was a pretty girl she was a pretty trigueña bien linda and um, she had her life in front of her and she wasn't supposed to die right right she wasn't supposed to die she sounds like a, a beautiful person I, i'm I, same as you i think about all the people whose lives were cut short and where you know where they would be today if, mm -hmm. if the response had been enough right Right. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time to welcome. share this story and share your voice. I really, I'm so glad the diaspora gets to hear this and hopefully understands that they're they're a part of all of this. We we yes. all need to get together and make sure that we we yes. fight for Puerto Rico. Um, yes. All right. That's all I have. Any, that's do you awesome. have any questions? Yeah. Okay. Um, Thanks again, Jackie. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so thank you much so for much. having me. Thank you for this opportunity.